Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. appreciate this church and the wonderful pastor. And can we just give God another hand clap of praise? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. You are great and greatly to be praised. He's an awesome God. He's probably the best God out there, if I had to guess. There's not many to compete with. He's the only God I want to serve. He's the only God that's worthy to be served. He's the only God that deserves the praise and the glory. And I'm so thankful to be here in a place that believes that with me. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 13. And young people, I'm, he's not kidding. You can jump on those chairs. This is the one time you get to jump on top. I see Cooper. He's, he's, he's getting the stance. He's tightening the pants real quick. He wants to jump. All right. 2 Kings 13, starting at verse 14. Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness. We know he was sick with a sickness. It's a very important word study we're going on right now. Whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father. Now, real quick, Joash was not the son of of Elisha, but he was a spiritual son almost. He was given reverence and honor to Elisha, this great prophet. Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him a bow and arrows. And he said unto the king of Israel, Put no, he said to the king of Israel, put thine hand upon the bow. I'm sorry, I thought I jumped ahead. I'm, I'm new at this. I prob- I'm sorry. And he said to the king of Israel, put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha, notice this, put his hands upon the king's hands. As if to say, you're going to be the one doing the work, but you need a little bit of my help. You need a little bit of the man of God help when you're trying to do a good work. So Elisha put his hands upon the king's hand. And he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou hast consumed them. Verse 18 says, and he said, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. That means hit the ground. And he smote thrice. One, two. And I I feel like this is how I'm seeing in my head. I'm a big mental picture guy. And he's getting ready for this third one. It's going to be a third. Yeah. He's feeling pretty good about himself. Like I just, you see what I did there, Brother Brian? I just, man, deliverance. <laughs> what next? <laughs> he smote thrice. And the man of God was angry. And that's what Roth means. I had to look that up. I thought it was a store, but that's Ross. It's different. Roth with him and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hast thou smitten them, Syria, till thou hast consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. Oof. That doesn't seem fair, Pastor. Why? He, he didn't know he was supposed to go <laughs> more than three times. That's not fair. We're going to talk about this. Let's pray real quick. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the power that we feel in the place, for the word of God that you have given us. And I ask for hearts to be prepared, my mouth ready to speak your word, and let it change some lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's power in your press. In your press, in your bench press, maybe there's some power in that. In overhead press, maybe. I don't, look at that. Doesn't Sister Janelle do a great job? 
I was like, I got to turn to a professional with this one. And she did. You may be seated. You may be seated. There's power in your press. That seems like a weird thing for me to say. Why would you say that, Colton? When I'm saying press, just so we're on the same page, I know Devin's a big bench guy. He's big bench, big squat guy, big press. He works out. I'm not talking about that. Because there's power in his press and probably more power in his than in mine, but not as much as Brother Kelly's. Are you kidding? That guy, that guy he can press anything. There's power in that. There's power in that. I'm not talking about the newspaper. There's power in the written word, in the, in the you know, uh, reported word. There's power in that kind of press. I don't mean the juice press, if anyone juices in here. I don't mean your bench press. I don't mean any of that. There's power in your ability and your determination to keep on going. No matter who's around, no matter who's looking at you, no matter who's watching, because there is a purpose behind your press, too. That could be a good title, too. There's purpose in it, and there's reason behind it. And you're not just doing it to do it, just, you know, be all showy and flashy. We have promises. We just sang that song, Promises. And if we're just going to say lackluster about them and not give the all that we need, we're not going to get them. There's power in your press. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's power in your press. This, this man, King Joash, he left on the table so much of what God was given for him because he, God said you would smite, absolutely demolish, take him out, you wouldn't see him again. But instead, because he only gave half effort, because he only thought, you know, three victories is pretty good. Three is, that's pretty impressive. If I said, you know, I beat them three times. No, there is more, much, much more to your blessings than what you just think. Why would I leave on the table what God is offering me? Why would we leave something behind? Why would we say, you know what, I'm good, I'm good. You know, this is great, this is perfect, but I'm just going to take it and go, I'm, you know, like, not like we're gambling. This is not a casino with God. It's not like a little, and you try to get something out of it. God is a guarantee every time, all the time. You're not gambling anything when you're trying God. I want you to know God has more for us if we continue to press in our relationship, we continue to move forward and have determination and have a little bit of that attitude like we are going to get it done because God said we're going to get it done. Why would I leave that on the table? I was buying soda at a Safeway. I, I know you look at me like, oh, he's a soda drinker? Couldn't tell. Uh, you know, I know some of us, they love soda. Some of us, you know, think like it's the devil probably is closer to that. But, you know, I drink it sometimes. And I was buying soda at a Safeway and the deal was three, buy three, get two free. I was like, I don't need five. That's too much soda. That is a ridiculous quantity. There's a 12 pack, so that's like 60. And I only, I only need the 36. That's quick math. I just did that right now. You know, you don't need that much. So I go to the register with my three cases. And the cashier says, you know, the deal's buy three, get two free. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. I don't, I don't need that much. That's, that's too much. He's like, you know, the deal is buy three, get two free. He would not let me go. Until I got those two extra ones. I think he was trying to move them. They might have been expiring. He's like, just please take, take another one. But if I can be your Safeway cashier today, and I want you to know that there is more in your deal than you are getting out with, you know? There's more in your deal than you're in your cart right now. You can have more than what you think you need. Because God's promised you to, to, to take out all of your enemies. And if we're just going to say, you know, three's good, we're not going to get the job done. The greatest lie, one of the greatest lies the devil can tell you is that you are just fine where you are. I'm not talking about the battle of contentment. I'm, you know, you need to be content in all things, but that's because you have the power of God. I'm saying the devil say you don't need to be whole. Hey, Eve, you, you can eat that. You're not going to die. That's crazy. You can live with, 
you can live with eating this apple, can't you? You can live with this. That's literally the, one of the first things he says. You're not going to die. He wants to lie to you. He wants to twist your words. He wants to twist God's words, most importantly, and let you leave in with less. That's what happened in the beginning. He wants you to think it's okay living without effort, with just a couple of victories, when you can have a full defeat. He just wants you to have, you know, just, yeah, one or two. That's good. And then you can, you know, talk about it. You can sit down and you say, you know, God's good. God is good. But God's gooder than you think, I think. <laughs> it's terrible grammar, but, you know. He's better. He's, he's greater than we can ask or think. He, he, I'm just going to read it. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. He has riches and glory that's going to cover all of our needs, all of our expenses. So we are just going to walk away with just three when we can have everything. I feel bad for Joash because maybe, maybe he didn't read the instructions, but I think now we have a great story, a great reminder of what happens when we just go the extra mile for God. We have a great story of what happens when we just say, I don't care if I'm tired. I don't care if I feel a little weak. I'm going to keep on going until the job is done. Another story in the Bible that everyone, everyone loves to talk about, I love to talk about, is the woman with the issue of blood. You can find it in, this, uh, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I'm, it just, I took my portion out of Luke. I didn't even put it up there because it's, it's a great story, but it's a truthful story. It's a powerful story. It's a story of a woman who had nowhere to turn to. She had lost everything because of her ailment, because of her sickness, because she was literally dying where she would stand. Life was draining out of her. She went to doctors. She went to anything. She found, she tried, I'm sure she tried essential oils. I'm sure she tried it all. She tried everything that money could buy, anything that it could offer, but nothing worked. Nothing worked. But then she heard of this man, this, this Jesus walking through town, and she said, you know, if I just, I've heard the stories. He's so great. If I just had a little bit, if I just had the hem of his garment, not even him. I don't even need to shake his hand. I don't need to give him a fist bump if I just had the hem, the little, little fringe of his garment. That would be enough. So she determined in herself. She said, there is something for me out there. There is something better for me out there. Nothing that money can buy, but there is a God out there. There is a, a someone doing miracles out there. Who can help me? Who can save me from my situation? So what does she do? She goes and finds him. There's a big crowd around him. Jesus kind of a hard guy to miss back then because everyone was following him. You're like, oh, who's that? Jesus, yeah. But that was a problem. There's a crowd around him. Maybe she got up on a tree and said, you know what? I see him. That, that might be good enough. Or maybe if I just, I just heard him, maybe she spoke to me. He said, no, no, no. She said, I'm going to get it. I'm going to go through it. So she pressed. She pressed through the press. She went through and through. And maybe it ended up she was going on her hands and knees because there were so many people in the dirty streets where she might have been getting stepped on, spat at, said, get out, kicked at. But she said, nothing's going to stop me until I get there because I have determination. And so when she got there and she touched them, the Bible said immediately, immediately, no wait. You know, take two pills and, you know, call me in the morning. Now, have you tried drinking water? Like, that's the big one, right? Hey, uh, you, what are you feeling bad? Yeah, drink some water. It's important. Drink your water. But there's none of that. There's no waiting game. It was immediately. She knew it. It was done. She felt it. But that's not the only one who knew it was immediate. That's not the only one who said, wait a minute. Something just happened because Jesus in the press with all the people around said, someone touched me. 
Peter's like, Jesus, do you need to lay hands on yourself? That's kind of crazy talk. Everyone is touching. What do you mean somebody is touching? He said, no, there's something different. It's not just about touching. It's about believing that when you get there, that there's something going to happen. Virtue left him. He said that virtue, healing virtue, left his body. He felt it. He felt the power go. He said, someone touched me. And she said, I'm so sorry. He's like, don't be sorry. Your faith has made you whole. Don't think because there's other people pressing around God, because there's more pressing matters out there that you can't still get to Jesus. He's always there. He's the on time, always there God. You just got to search for him a little bit. You got to press. You got to get in there. It's not always going to be easy. There's going to be roadblocks, obstacles, people in your life telling you you can't. That's where you got to get a little determination in yourself and say, I'm just going to try. Because what does it hurt? So what? Because what's the reward if you do? What is the benefit of what happens when you actually get there? The effort is going to always be worth the payout. It's going to happen. The effort's always, the means will justify the ends, right? I think ends justify the means, whatever, except for not, you know, that guy, whatever his name was. This is, this is God. He loves you. He wants the best for you. He wants miracle signs and wonders in your lives. He wants you to be made whole. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I may be, you will be there too. He wants you with him. He wants you whole up in heaven. He wants you to do in his work on earth. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. So if you think it's too hard to get to God, I encourage you to try again. I encourage you to try again. But Colton, what about, what about Paul? You know, we had the story in Paul, thorn in the side, right? Gave me a thorn in the flesh. Might buffet me. Paul said it kept him, you know, kept him from being exalted above measure, but he still asked. He still asked, because it's an important thing. This is in uh, 2 Corinthians 12. Paul says, I asked God three times to take away this thing from me. Three times I pressed him, three times. And I'm so glad he talked to him three times, because we get the answer in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. He said unto me, that's God talking, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather, well, this is Paul back again. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me. That seems counter, counterproductive to what I'm talking about. No, no, Paul, well, Paul didn't get the thorn taken out. You're, we're talking about you're going to be made whole. Paul was made whole because the worst thing that you can have is no answer. The worst thing that you can have is no answer. It feels so terrible when you're praying and you're praying and you're praying and you're just hitting a wall. You're hitting a ceiling. I'm so glad Paul didn't give up after one. If he just said one, you know what? I'm, I'm sure God just wants me to be fine. I'm sure God just wants me. I'm, I don't need to ask him again. He didn't get an answer. I'm so thankful he went back to number two and he said, God, I need an answer. I'm so thankful he asked the third time because in his press, we get this wonderful answer that's going to help me out in my life that sometimes, all the time, his grace is sufficient for me. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. The answer is helping, you make, is helping get you whole. Keep on pressing. If he just pressed once, we wouldn't have gotten that. Don't think God was mad that Paul pressed. He's not mad when you ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. In fact, he kind of likes it. <laughs> he kind of wants to hear your voice a little bit. He kind of wants to talk to you and talk back. He kind of wants to have that relationship with you. Not that we're always demanding God, of course. I'm not saying that. He's not an ATM machine. You know, he's not an instant do this machine. He's God. He wants to talk to you. Paul was not in trouble for asking God, and you're not going to be in trouble for asking God. If it means if you have to ask him again, talk to him again. It means you have to pray again. Maybe it's been years and years, 12 years maybe you've been dealing with this, but if you just keep on going to God, he'll get you the answer that you need in your life. 
Amen. There was a, the, a, a phrase that went around, push, pray until something happens. I'm with it. How about we, we push, we pray until something happens. We press until something happens. We praise until something happens because something is going to happen. There's a guarantee that God hears our prayers and he will answer in your time of trouble. He will be there with you when you need him most. I have to be assured because of the persistence of Paul, we get to read in Philippians chapter 3 that, brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, say one thing, you forget. Forget the things behind you. Forget it. The past, the past mistakes, the past time you didn't get an answer, the past times you messed up and think, I'm not worth it. I'm not worthy of God. You forget the stuff that happened behind you and you reach. You reach towards the things in front of you. It's like a swimmer. The only way to get forward is you got to push that water behind you in order to get in order to get closer and closer. I'm not a good swimmer, but you know, I, I think this is how you swim. And you go this way and this way. You push all that water because you reach for the things that are for four. Verse fourteen. I press. It's there. I wasn't even studying that. I just I was like. My goodness, it kind of tied it all together for me. I press towards the mark, even though I haven't made it yet, even though you haven't made it yet, because none of us have really made it yet. We've had good times and bad times, but heaven is the true mark. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It is not a one-day thing. It is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a battle. It's, not, it's a war. It's not just a battle. It's not just one thing or another. When we get the victory in our lives, when we get the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When we stand complete in Jesus, that is the reward. Mm. I press. I press. When you don't know what to do, when you don't know where to turn to, press a little bit because there's power in it. Because there's power in saying that I know God will answer. I know God will have a plan. He always has a plan. He never hasn't had a plan. From the beginning of time, he said, I'm just make this and it's going to be great. He knew you before you were born. He formed you before the, he knew you in his mind before the earth was made. He remembers your frame from dust. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't think you're here by accident. Don't think you're here by mishap or, or mistake. You're not a mistake. I don't care what people have told you in your life. There is no way you're a mistake. There's no way. Have you seen how your body works? Have you seen how the cells in your body work, the blood in your body pumps around? There was a plan behind you, not just some mishaps of atoms that got together and who here you are. No, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You think God's just going to leave you hanging? It's like, I made you. Have fun. Figure it out. No, that's why we have a Bible. That's why Jesus came. That's why we can know him. That's why he said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He cares for you. Peter said, cast your cares on him. For he cares for you. There's power in your press. I didn't have a lot today. I'm sorry. I thought I, thought I did. I worked hard for a week. Praying, praying, praying. Not just yesterday. I was praying for more than a week, but I wrote it for a week. But as we stand, I have one more story. It's in Luke chapter 18. Luke 18 and 1 says he tells this story, this parable, that men ought always to pray and never faint. Because we always pray, but sometimes we faint. 
We always ask God, but sometimes we just don't make it all the time. We don't feel like we get an answer. We don't feel like there's any response from heaven. But Jesus is saying that men ought always to pray. Never faint. The story is of this woman who needs something from an unjust judge. This judge, he doesn't fear God nor regards man. He doesn't care about it. He's the judge. He's the law. So as he's telling the story, this woman says, avenge me of my adversary. And the judge says, no. But that's not the only time she asked. Because she came back and asked again. And she came back and asked again. And she came back and asked again. And she came back and asked again and didn't stop until this judge said, I don't fear God nor man. But because of this woman's persistence, because she just won't stop coming, because she won't stop coming to me, I will grant her an answer. And how much more does your heavenly father love you that he will give you an answer no matter how much you come to him, no matter how much you press him. He wants to give you good things. He wants good gifts for you. Press him. Press him. Press him. We're going to open up the altars. If you have a question, if you have something in your mind, a prayer that you've just been keeping on asking, now is the time. Now is the time. Full victory is here today. It's here. It's here with your walk with God, with your relationship with God. Your prayers in faith will get answered today. There's power in your press. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can go ahead. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you, Brother Colton. The altar is open. Amen. If you have a need this morning, if you need a healing this morning, if you need a miracle this morning, we're people that believe that we serve a God that performs what we can't. You need a healing? The Lord is here today. Come on. We invite all of you. Come on. You need a healing? If you need special prayer, we want you to come right here. All right? Special prayer. Could you hand me that? All right. Could we get some ladies to come and help us pray here? Come on. How beautiful. Gloria, 
Oh, I pray, God, that I can stay on the straight and narrow, Lord. I pray, oh, God, that I can stay on the path, Lord, that I can run this marathon, God. I give you glory. Oh, Lord, I give you glory, glory. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. We are so thankful, God, for your blessing, Lord. Thank you for your spirit, Lord. Thank you for your blessings, Lord.